Welcome to the B2B Leaders in Loyalty podcast and the first in a series of insights into what you need to consider if you're thinking of launching a loyalty program. I'm your host, Vanessa Aves. Many companies are facing challenging business conditions and a downturn in trading right now due to the effects of COVID-19. But when business recovery begins and demand starts to return, many companies may well consider launching a loyalty program or incentive scheme as a means to boost sales of their products and generate much needed revenue. Today, I'm talking to Dr. David Cox, CEO of Motiveforce, about the business issues you need to address first before you rush to launch a loyalty or incentive programme. There's absolutely no doubt that David is an expert in his field. He is passionate about loyalty marketing and has made an unrivaled contribution to the incentive and loyalty marketing industry over the last 28 years. He is also one of the very few people in the world to be a doctor of loyalty marketing, as he has a PhD in this subject. Throughout his career, David has been at the forefront of loyalty marketing, creativity and strategy. He has designed and delivered hugely successful, innovative, award-winning programmes that consistently deliver ROI for businesses of all sizes. A very warm welcome to you, David, and thank you for talking to me today. Thanks, Vanessa. I'm delighted to be here. So, David, um, what is the first piece of advice you'd give to a company thinking of launching an incentive or loyalty program? There's no doubt that loyalty programs, if they're properly planned, have the potential to deliver a whole range of positive results for a business. Used effectively, they can increase sales revenue, decrease customer churn and increase share of wallet. And whilst this is a tempting proposition for a lot of companies, Many businesses embarking on a loyalty or incentive program do so for the first time. They think that it's going to be the magic bullet for solving all of their business problems. Therefore, the first piece of advice is have realistic expectations. Understand clearly what your objectives are in driving a loyalty program. These objectives need to be precise, measurable, and actionable. I often ask clients in 12 months' time, What will this program do to make you famous? Detail what fame will look like. Once you have those objectives, then the strategy can be then created and then delivered. One of the things to avoid, though, is rushing out a program simply because your competitor has already won in the market. These copycat programs have had little analysis and they simply are a reflection of somebody else's program in the market. If your competitor has done it right, they have gone through the objective process. They've identified what they need to do for their product and for their business. Therefore, those attributes are rarely transportable to your business environment. And this is the number one area for failings is the copycat, you know, quick to copy model that goes into the market. Mm. Yeah, no, that's um, that's really interesting to hear you um, say that, David. Um Do you think, are there any particular products or types of business and services that lend themselves better to a loyalty program than than others? Well, loyalty marketing has always been a defensive marketing strategy. That means it is used to defend market share, limit variety-seeking behaviour, build stronger relationships with existing customers, use program data to better understand your customers, and hence build products and services that anticipate and meet your needs. Therefore, loyalty programs tend to be more effective for companies that have an existing customer base 
um, and that are not a startup mode. Now, there are a couple of exceptions with this, and that's where loyalty programs are what we call a zero-sum game. And some of those industries, when we say zero-sum game, we regard that's regarded that loyalty programs are a central component of the product attributes and service. So some of those industries like airlines and hotels and car rental companies and even retail, customers now expect a loyalty program as the minimum standard. If you're starting an airline, it would be rare for you not to have a frequent flyer program unless you are a very, very low cost budget operator. So in those cases, a loyalty program would be, it would be suitable. But generally speaking, you need to spend your money on other types of penetration strategies to get people to try and buy and adopt your product in the early stages of a product or, or a startup going to market. However, not all products lend themselves to loyalty incentive programs. Those with shorter purchase cycles where there's frequency in purchase are the ones that are more prime and do well in loyalty programs. Those that have a long purchase cycle, for example, mortgage or funeral services, um, where hopefully, well, with funeral services, you're only going to do that once in a lifetime. So you wouldn't run a loyalty program in that particular model. Uh, they become less effective. The way that those types of products that get around their long purchase cycle challenges is that they may join a coalition program like Flybys in Australia or Nectar in the United Kingdom, where they partner with companies who have short purchase cycles. So the combination of long and short then makes that program quite attractive to those who are participating on a regular basis. Yeah, that's a really, again, you know, really give me a lot of food for thought there with, um, you know, what, what sort of products and services really, you know, are suitable and clearly not all products and services are suitable to, for a loyalty pro programme. Um, so um, what other business issues do you think you, you need to make sure you've got right first um, before you would embark on a loyalty programme? Your product, Vanessa, needs to be competitive. You need to have a competitive offering in the marketplace. And when we talk about competitiveness, we need to ensure that your attributes are fine. I mean, you don't have a poor product with, with defects, that the pricing is competitive and that your service landscape is competitive as well. A loyalty program, regardless of how generous it's going to be, is not going to be a panacea to make up for those attributes. People will not go to a hotel if it's in the worst location and has the worst service and is leaky and damp. The, the thought of spending extra nights there and getting extra nights free when you redeem points is probably going to cause a stampede to the competitor. So you need to align those types of elements to be effective in the marketplace. Um, you know, your pricing is, is not meant to be you know too expensive because people will start to realise that even though the value of the loyalty and incentive program is there, it doesn't make up for the, the value differentiation um, in the marketplace. So we need to make sure that this is going to further drive your sales, but not necessarily be a proxy for poor product design, poor service or poor pricing. Delivery, a stock out, so is another big area where, where a lot of companies spend a lot of time um, trying to ensure that their loyalty programs work effectively. There's no point having a great great loyalty program if people can't buy your product because you don't have great delivery or you're out of inventory. So those types of business attributes need to be firmly established before you decide to go out with an offering to people who are going to be in your program and most likely be your best customers. 
and I do say that to a lot of our clients, make sure we get all of these right because if you don't, the only people you're going to disappoint are those who've joined first and if they've joined first, they're probably your biggest fans. Yeah, and they're going to end up feeling very disillusioned and disappointed with with your with your company and your product. Yeah, no, that's very true. Um, so, is there just you know we've obviously you've covered we've covered a lot of ground already, and it's all really really interesting. Is there one final tip that you have for anyone considering launching um, a, a loyalty program? Depending on where you are operating a program, there is a whole lot of elements of of ethics and legislation, um, GDPR, data privacy. Uh, Some industries are far more restrictive in being able to offer loyalty and incentive programs than others. Uh, Typical industries like financial services, medicine, um, even some in debt care where there are governing legislation and bodies make the incentive and loyalty uh, strategy far more difficult. And let's just say it's impossible. We just need to make sure that we are compliant with the local legislation. We do see people rush programs to market only to find that they are uh, suddenly having to be carved or cut back because of the, the legislation or a governing body then comes down and stamps on it. Most of the time, it won't be the consumers who are reporting you, it will be your competitors who suddenly realise that you've gone to market. Right. We yeah, see that, sure. those, that, that that's where the, the compliance and the reporting comes from. If you're doing something that, that they can't, they'll be the first to dob you in. Let me put it that way. Yeah, true. That's very true, isn't it? Yes, always keep an eye on your competitors. Um, yeah, so that's all really very, very interesting, um, Dave, and thank you. Um, you know, clearly, like any marketing strategy, loyalty programs have a place and an ideal environment in which they should be deployed and managed. And there's certainly not necessarily going to be you know, a magic bullet panacea for solving all your business problems. Now, that's right, Vanessa, and I think it's important to, for firms to undertake a detailed diagnostic assessment to see whether a loyalty program is the best marketing strategy for their product or service as opposed to rushing to set up a program in the hope that it will deliver results. And like any marketing strategy, loyalty programs aren't a panacea for all of the other business challenges that you have in that are facing you. And this is a particularly important while we're going through uh, challenges like COVID-19 and other uh, economic downturns. Mm. Yes. Thank, well, thank you so much, uh, David, for joining me today and um, sharing your expertise and you know such valuable insights. Uh, it's certainly given me a lot of food for thought. And I hope that those of you listening to this episode of B2B Leaders in Loyalty now have a better idea of the, the business issues that you need to look at first before you embark on a loyalty programme. So um, tune in next time for insights into who you should target with your loyalty programme. Thank you very much.